This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 250 with Kim Kiyosaki. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great episode for you today, and in today's episode, we're going to look at why it's rising time for the female entrepreneur in the 21st century. I am honored to have on the show with me today, Kim Kiyosaki. Kim is an internationally renowned speaker and best-selling author. She authored the books, Rich Woman, It's Rising Time, and Good Deal, Bad Deal. Kim is an entrepreneur, real estate investor, radio show host, and the founder of Rich Woman. Kim also co-founded the Rich Dad Company with her husband, Robert. The Rich Dad Mission is to elevate the financial well-being of humanity. It's not about making money. Kim's story is an inspirational message for women everywhere to get a financial education and to make their dreams a reality. When Kim left her home in Oregon and boldly moved to Hawaii to attend college, she had no idea that her move to an island paradise would transform her life in every way and set the course for the future that would transform the lives of millions. Like many college freshmen, she planned to go to school, graduate, get a good job, work, and begin the steady climb to the top of some corporate ladder. She figured that college would be the ticket to a more secure life. However, while working for a local business in Honolulu, Kim discovered that being an employee wasn't her dream. It wasn't getting her where she wanted to be, and she realized that there had to be something more. That's when Kim's real education began. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MC Lobsher or by email at info at cashflowninja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at cashflowninja.com or texting cashflowninja to 44222. To ensure you never miss one of our episodes, you can download our free interactive smartphone apps on the Apple and Google Play app stores. Are you interested in real estate investing but don't know where to start? JoinOps Properties is the premier provider of turnkey lease option investment properties. With their proven system, you can have cash flow within 30 days. To get cash flow within 30 days, go to joinopsproperties.com. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access an educational webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Great to be here with you. Very, very excited to have you on. I've had some amazing female entrepreneurs on the show sharing their journey and excited to have a superstar such as yourself on. Oh, so you're kind, you're kind. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Kim, uh, you and Robert have achieved some great success, but it didn't quite start there. There was a journey no. and a story before that. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your background and your journey? Sure. Um, Robert and I got together in 1984, so I went to school two of my four years at the University of Hawaii, University of Oregon, University of California. Um, and I was, I was working in advertising in Honolulu and advertising agencies. And uh, my very first job, uh, after nine months, I was fired. 
and worked in some other jobs. And then this company hired me back again. And this time in six months, I was fired. So I started to realize that something was amiss and maybe it had to do with me and not my boss and not the company and after blaming everybody else. So in 1984, when Robert and I first met our very, very first date together, Robert asked me, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want my own business. And I wanted my own business. I was 27 at the time. I said, by 30, I want my own business. Um, I had my own business two months later when I was 27 and embroidered a logo on shirts and sold it to business conferences all throughout the U.S. And the purpose of the business, because I always say every business must have a purpose. And the purpose of this business was to pay for my travel, hotel, registration into these conferences so that I could learn how to grow a business. Um, long story short, Robert and I then became business partners um, back in 1985, and it was not easy. Um, when we started out, we were basically flat broke. We sold everything we had, which wasn't much, and it took us about two to three months to go through that money. Uh, we lived in people's basements. We slept in cars. We struggled tremendously, but we were very, very committed to get this business going. Um, there was one time I remember trying to get a hotel, a motel room, and our credit card was maxed out. And back in those days, they didn't have the, um, the electronic. They had to call to make sure the credit card was good, and this one guy didn't call. So I'm like, hey, we got a room for a night. We had a room for a night and we were so excited and we sat there, got a six pack of beer, a bucket of Kentucky fried chicken and um, had like, like we called it a, a night of, of refuge, you know, from the storm. But the reason I tell you this is not to tell you just my story, but I think in order, whenever you believe in something and we were building a business that we truly believed in, um, you've got to, it, it's not going to be easy all the time. And so we were very, very certain and committed to growing this business. And everybody kept saying, oh, you should go get a job, you know, forget, put this on hold and don't do this now. Uh, but we knew if we did that, then we would never fulfill our dream and we didn't want to quit on our dream. So I was very proud that we kept going. We built that business, um, sold that to our partner 10 years later, and then um, 1996, we started the Rich Dad Company and we started with the cash flow board game, which is right behind me. So it was, and, and that also, you know, we didn't, we didn't know anything about, we, we created the cash flow board game. Then Robert said, I need to work on a brochure. So he started working on this brochure and long story short, the brochure becomes a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. So the game came first, the, bro, the book became the brochure for the game in 2000, Oprah Winfrey called. The book was now on a lot of bestseller lists. We were self-published, didn't know anything about the publishing industry. We kind of did it all ass backwards, but got the book on the bestseller list. Um, it took off. Oprah called in 2000. She is, there is an Oprah effect. She's syndicated <laughs> to 150 countries. So overnight we went to 150 countries and then it just kept growing and growing from there. You and Robert have been partners and invested in several businesses and have a lot of success together. There might be a lot of couples listening uh, to this conversation and married couples uh, going into business together. What has been some of the, the secrets to your success <laughs> as partners? Oh, that's a great question, Michael. I don't, there's no magic formula. We're just like any other married couple. You know, we have our ups and downs and we have our disagreements. Um, I think one of the most important things 
um, for a couple, because I hear a lot, I talk to a lot of women, um, is that you need to be aligned to things. You need to have a similar language of money. You need to understand, because a lot of times, you know, you got the spender and you got the the loafer or you got the, you got the guy who wants the woman that wants to move forward and the guy who's afraid of making mistakes. Um, you've got to be very aligned in your financial mindset. And then if you're going to build a business together, you've got to, got to, got to be aligned to the mission. A lot of couples I've seen, one person has the idea and the other person talks about the mission and says, oh yeah, yeah, I support it but they're not really aligned and then that's where things happen. So um, for Robert and I, our whole goal was number one, number one, personally, I wanted to be financially free as did Robert. But the mission was to, our mission statement is to elevate the financial well-being of humanity. There was no financial education being taught in schools. So we took that on as our mission to bring financial education to the world. So that was the common theme and common mission and common purpose that we were both aligned to. Because I think when couples are not aligned, that's when, that's when, when things get tough, somebody's going to quit. And that's definitely one thing that I've learned from you guys, uh, the importance of that strong mission. Now you had mentioned rich dad, poor dad, but I also want to mention an amazing book, rich woman, which I actually uh, bought this when I started dating my now wife was one of the first (laughs) books that I, that I got for her as well. Um, And you've empowered a lot of women all over the world, sharing this, this message, that strong message that you have. Now, one of the biggest issues and stresses for women is financial issues, actually more than health and, and, and yeah. family and time that you've covered so, uh, so it's, well. It's one of the leading causes of divorce. It's the number one thing couples fight about. Yeah, it's money. Absolutely. And there's a very big difference how men and women view money because of the different issues that women face that are unique. Can you speak to some of these differences and the the different uh, views that men and women have around the subject of money? Yeah, that's a great question because it is different views. It's not, it's not the how to's. You know, people say, well, is it different to uh, real estate investing for men and women or to stock investing for men and women? No, the how to's are the same. Um, what's different is I think our upbringing and the mindset a lot of us women have when it comes to money. So for example, many of the, many of us women, number one, haven't really been expected to know a lot about money. We've actually been taught to depend upon someone else for our financial well-being, be it a husband, be it a father, a family member, be it a boss or the government. And I look at things today. I'm going to tell you one story that just drives me crazy. Um, there was a book I was studying with my girlfriends. It's called Presence. And they did a study. And in this study, they took four and six-year-old kids, four and six-year-old kids, and they drew little stick figures. And they talk about in Presence, there's different positions, like, like you know, your hands up, like victory is a power presence, or hands on your hips, like Superman standing there is a power presence where being hunched over is a weak, a weak position or um, maybe like just looking down and, and not looking somebody in the eye is, is a weak position. So they took all these stick figures, no gender to them, and they asked the four- and six-year-old boys and girls, which ones are the boys and which ones are the girls? These are four- and six-year-old kids. And they said, oh, the ones in power like Superman and Victory and Hooray, those are the boys. And the ones that are looking down and weak and, and kind of, hunched over. Those are the girls. So 
some of this goes back to that time. I mean, it goes back even today where we're still teaching the girls, you know, to be princesses and, and all of this and to look for Prince Charming instead of empowering these girls to be financially astute and be able to stand on their own two feet. So that's kind of a long story. I'm going to just niche it down to um, the statistics, what happens for so many women in divorce. The, in, women, in divorce, women get poorer. I think an average divorce, a woman is making like $11,000 a year or something. Her standard of living goes down, his goes up. Um, one of the shocking ones is as in the, as the elderly that are living in poverty today, this is in the U.S., but the, the trend is the same all over in many nations. Of the elderly living in poverty today, 87% of those people are women Yet 80% of those women who are now living in poverty, 80% of those men were not poor when their husbands were alive. So he handled the money. He passes away. She doesn't know what to do because she's got no clue. And Mr. and Mrs. Financial Advisor, Financial Helper comes along and says, oh, I'll help you. And the next thing you know, she's broke. So there's all these issues. I mean, 58% of female baby boomers have less than $10,000 set aside for retirement. I mean, there's all these issues that we've been taught to depend upon somebody else to take care of us for our financial well-being. And that's the long answer for why I wrote Rich Woman was to be a wake-up call, to not be a statistic, to start learning about money, to take control of your own financial life and not be dependent upon somebody else to do it for you. The confidence and being a confident person and also a confident woman comes about uh, for everyone getting out of that comfort zone and yeah. overcoming fear. Uh, what are some of the habits and the things that, uh, that you can share that con- confident women do differently? Oh, um, you know, fear, fear is interesting. Okay, comfort zone. Um, where so many of us get stuck in a comfort zone. And I always, I would say, number one, start being aware, be aware whenever, you know, when you don't take that step forward, you know, when you chicken out, right? That's someone going out of your comfort zone. Fear, all fear is, is there's an unknown. There's something you don't know. So you're afraid. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. So you're afraid of taking that step. Um, A mistake. People are afraid of making a mistake. A mistake only shows you something that you didn't know. Mistakes are very, very powerful. And we come out of school, you know, we go through all these years of school and they punish us for making a mistake. You get the wrong answer. Um, you say you speak up in class when you weren't supposed to. But basically, if you don't get the right answer, and as we know in the world of business and investing, there is no one right answer, right? Right. And they tell you not to make, we're all afraid of making a mistake. I would say you got to, in order to overcome fear, two things. Number one, start being willing to make mistakes and learn from them. You know, mistakes are your best, best teacher in life. So go out there and, and take small steps. Um, when it comes to fear in your comfort zone, I would say, you know, notice when it comes up. And one thing I, I do my best to do is every day I kind of, I look at something, could be very small. It could be making a phone call that's going to be uncomfortable. And that I got to make that phone call. You know, you got to go do that. You got to step out of your comfort zone. For some people, I know, I know a woman who's scared to death of going to the gym because she's overweight. Well, how are you going to lose weight unless you start working out? So for her to step into a gym was a major step in overcoming getting out of her comfort zone. 
So fear is just something that fear is going to come up. And every time there's a, a quote in my book from, uh, I forget who, who said it, but he said, basically, if you're not facing something you fear every day, then you don't understand the secret of life. Fear is a very healthy thing. Mistakes are a very healthy thing as long as you're learning from them. The only way, in my opinion, that I grow is when I face my fear, when I get out of my comfort zone, when I do something that takes me away from being comfortable. If I'm comfortable all the time, I'm not growing, I'm not learning. And you can start small as well, which kind of ties yeah. into how you got started as an investor um, and had success there. Do you mind sharing the, the story of your first deal and some of the lessons that you learned from it? Yeah, of course. And, and exactly as you said, Michael, starting small. I mean, if you want to learn about money today, I would I would um, go buy a one ounce silver coin. It's going to cost you about $20 US today. Okay. And the only reason I say that is because you've now parted with $20 and you now have this one ounce silver coin and you're going to start to study every day. Is the price up? Is it down? You're going to look at articles and you're going to your eye is going to be drawn to articles on, on, news, on, on silver and precious metals and why is this happening. You become very, very interested if you put a little money down. Um, earlier this morning, we were interviewing Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, uh, Mr. Wonderful. That's yeah? right. right. And he has a new app. It's called uh, Beanstalk. And Beanstalk, because he, he wants kids to start investing. And, and a lot of them don't have a lot of money. You can invest in a fractional share of a stock. You can put $5 towards a share of Apple or whatever it is, and then you become an investor. So I always say start small, find ways to just get in the game because when you, when I part with $10, I'm interested. I'm going to pay attention to what I put my money into. So when I started, I started, Robert started to teach me a little bit of tell me about what his rich dad taught him about investing and specifically about real estate. And he said, okay, so now go ahead and go, go do that. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, what do you mean go do that? So I just go stumbling and bumbling around. And um, in my neighborhood, we were living in Portland, Oregon at the time. And um, I just go running around our neighborhood. And long story short, I find this little two-bedroom, one-bath house. It was uh, $45,000 at the time. This is 1989. I had to put $5,000 cash down, which I did not have. And, and I was scared to death. You talk about fear, fear of the, I, there were so many unknowns, you know, unknown. What, what if I, what if the tenant moves out? What if the roof leaks? What if I make a mistake? What if I lose money? All, I was scared to death. There was a lot of unknowns, but I knew going back to that fear and getting out of your comfort zone. If I didn't step over that line, I was, I was actually looking when you do, it's called due diligence, you know, looking at all the things of the property, the plumbing, the electricity, you know, making sure that the property is solid. I wanted to find a reason to say, oh, see, I'm not going to do this deal. I can't do it because then I could get back into my comfort zone right. by stepping out and figuring out a way to come up with $5,000 cash. And then buying that property took me out of my comfort zone, but my learning curve skyrocketed. I learned so much on that little two-bedroom, one-bath house, and that was the foundation for all of my real estate investing. But had I not done that, I would have stayed in my little comfort zone, been safe, not had to face my fear, not had to go through this learning curve. But how else are you going to grow and develop if you don't get out of that comfort zone and face that fear? You're listening to Kim Kiyosaki on the Cashflow Ninja Podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. 
This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Alhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. You're listening to Kim Kiyosaki on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. And when it comes to entrepreneurship, there are a lot of women that is facing that fear and stepping out of that comfort zone. Just looking at some of the research that is out there about 29% of America's business owners are women. That's up 26% from 1997. And the number of women-owned firms has grown 68% since 2007 compared with 47% of all businesses. So there's definitely a lot of women taking that leap and facing their fear. What are some of the things that you would uh, share with women that they should know when they're going into business uh, and taking that leap? Very good question. Um, Women-owned businesses is the fastest growing sector of business today here in the U.S. and in a lot of other countries. Um, Again, when when we interviewed Kevin O'Leary today, Um, there was a quote and I just, I was, I love talking with him about this because he said, um, and he is the, one of the key figures of Shark Tank. If you guys know Shark Tank uh, TV show, he says over nearly a decade of putting his money behind small companies through Shark Tank, not some of my returns, all of my returns have come from the ones run by women and owned by women, all of his returns. So when he's looking to invest in a company, one of the things he says, if you're a woman, if you come into Shark Tank and you're a woman, you get already, you're a plus in his book. Okay. And he said, the reason for this is that women, and this is his opinion, um, they seem much, much better at time management because they're doing a lot of things. You know, they've they're, they're also got the kids and the husband and the family and on top of all the business stuff, right? Caretakers, right. all of that. But the other thing he said is they also set very realistic goals. So in companies, his opinion, the men set bigger goals, like harder to achieve goals. And so the people don't meet their goals. Well, when that happens, morale comes down. When you set realistic goals and you're meeting them all the time, you're winning, you're winning, you're winning, you're successful, you're part of a successful team, and that team grows. He said the the turnover for these women-owned businesses that he's worked with is significantly less than some of the male-owned businesses. Um, so there's a lot of pluses for women. I would say this, though. Here's another statistic on the other side. Of those women-owned businesses, 68% of those women-owned businesses make less than $24,000 a year, so say $2,000 a month. And 90% of those women-owned businesses have one employee, her. So right. the one thing I would say to women, as you are building your business, don't look at your business as a hobby, don't look at your business as, oh, I'll make a little, a few, a few extra dollars so that I can spend some money this month. I mean, I would look at it to every business needs to solve a problem. What, so I would say, number one, what's the problem that your business, your service, your product is going to solve? Number one. Number two, how do people hear about me? 
And number three, how do I then grow or scale my business bigger? Because you as a woman have an opportunity in your business to employ more women, to bring jobs to people, to make a difference. I think right now the world is really messed up in many, many ways, especially economically, financially, morally, ethically. Um, And I really do think it's women who can take the lead right now and step up. I think we've been sitting in the background. I think we haven't been as influential as we need to be. I think it's time that women do step up because I think the change that is necessary, women can play a significant role in that. So I'm, I challenge women to start thinking bigger, to, to grow bigger businesses, to take a bigger, uh, a bigger role and to be a role model not just for women, but for the world. We need that energy. We need that drive. So I am very, very, I'm a very staunch believer that women, it's time that we step up and start to lead instead of follow. It's definitely a rising time, as you write about mm-hmm. uh, in your last book, which I thoroughly enjoyed as well. Thank you. Uh, now, Kim, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass yeah. on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness mm-hmm. and success, what would they be? Before I answer that, can I say one, make one more point here? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, a lot of women, a lot of people say money's not that important and money's not the most important thing. And, and I agree, it's not the most important thing, but it does affect everything that is important. So if you really want to know where you are in life and tell you, got one of the things you really have to do in life is to tell yourself the honest truth. You know, when we were starting out, we hired Betty the bookkeeper. And Betty, the reason we hired Betty the bookkeeper is because Betty the bookkeeper made me twice a month look at the truth, the hard truth about our situa- our money, money situation. And the truth was we had a lot less coming in than what was going out. So we had to face that truth. So one of the questions I like to ask of people to really figure out where you are in life and to tell yourself the truth because you, people use money as an excuse. Oh, I can't do this because I don't have money. Oh, I'm not going to get this because I'm, I can't afford it. Take this little exercise and do it after this program. If money were no issue, if you had all the money that you needed, if it was not an issue, and you had taken your extended vacation, because that's the first thing you're going to do is you're going to take time off, right? So you got money's not an issue at all. Would you do anything differently Number one, with your marriage or primary relationship. Would you do anything differently with your profession or career? Would you do anything differently regarding your kids, regarding health and fitness? Because that's really where your focus comes to. If you can answer those honestly and openly, then you can start moving forward. Because that's also where the fear comes from, because there's a, there's a fear of not having the money to do what I really want to do. Well, let's take that off the table. Money's not an issue. Um, there was a study done in Britain of, I think it was a thousand men and women. And they said, um, if money were not an issue, would you be, would you be married today? 58% of the women said, I would divorce immediately if I could afford to do so, but I can't afford to do so. Right. So that was just one exercise in the process, because I think back to your question about what would I advise? 
number one thing in this, I don't mean to sound vague, but number one thing is if you can figure out who you are and what you stand for, what your values are, who you are at the core, and operate your life according to that, life is easy. It's not an easy thing to do, but if you can do that, you know, and I, I have Robert and I on one of our first dates and we say this, we have a new, a new program that we're, we've come up with uh, for women. Make a list of your values. What are your top 10 values and why are they important to you? And then can you live your life according? So when a decision comes up, decisions are easy if you base it on your values. Okay. Because right now there's a lot of greed. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of power corruption on this planet and um, it's killing us. So number one, I would say if you can operate as close to possible as to who you really are at the core, what you stand for and speak up about that and what your values are, I think that's number one. Um, Number two, I would say make more mistakes. Make more mistakes and make them faster and learn from them. Don't be afraid of making a mistake. The more mistakes you make, the more successful you're going to become. The more mistakes we make and we learn from, we grow, we get bigger, we get more successful, as long as you learn from them and implement them. Um, Another thing I would say is find real teachers, not fake teachers. We talk about real and fake, right? Right. Okay, so a fake teacher is someone who tells you what to do, but they've never done it. You know, we right. have a lot of a lot of college professors that are teaching <laughs> all this stuff, right? But they've never right. done what they're teaching. So we always seek out real teachers. And if I want to learn about real estate investing, I go find somebody who is doing the type of real estate investing I want to do, and they're doing it every single day. So our rich dad advisors are all real teachers. You know, Tom Wheelwright, he practices tax strategies every single day. Ken McElroy is out there on properties every single day. Garrett Sutton is is doing all the corporations. Andy Tanner is in the stock market every single day. So look for real teachers, not fake teachers. And I've always been surprised when I find a real teacher, how generous and open they are to share some of their knowledge with me. Um, but I only want to learn from people who are doing what it is I want to do. Oh, and the, and the last thing I would say, and, and this comes out of um, it's rising time. You know, I talk about the key to success is you've got to, You've got to understand, you got to know what your dream is. Then you got to find the information that you need to acquire, acquire the knowledge and the information. But the next step, most important is to apply it. So the other thing I would say is when you're learning things, practice it, practice it every day in the real world. They, they've actually, neuroscience has actually found that when you take something and practice it in the real world, that accelerates real change and transformation happening within you. So transformation can't happen by just information alone. You've got to get out there and practice it in the real world. Kim, where can my listeners uh, learn more about you, stay informed of the amazing weekly podcast and show that, that you do with Robert and all of the other projects that you're involved with, such as the amazing program for women that you shared uh, with me previously? Yeah, um, go, to rich, go to richdad.com. Uh, go to our Facebook. Robert's got a Facebook. I have a Facebook. I think it's called The Real Kim Kiyosaki and The Real Robert Kiyosaki. Um, we have a Rich Dad Radio app on Android, and I believe I'm not sure if it's on iPhone, but definitely on Android, maybe iPhone, and it's on online. All of those, all of those, come follow us. Yeah, yeah, perfect. We'd love, to, we'd love to hear from you. Perfect. Well, Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been an honor to speak with you and connecting, and thank you for sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Thank you for the great work you're doing. Really thank appreciate you. it.
Thank you for joining my guest, Kim Kiyosaki, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja today. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life. So if there's any way that I can provide more value for you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gush Good Newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 442. Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to create passive income and become financially free. In just over three years, they've created a lease option empire with over 170 properties. They can show you how to do the same. To get cash flow within 30 days, go to joinopsproperties.com. You can also check them out on YouTube. Just search Join Ops Properties or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access an educational webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.